0: Defense back, defense back everywhere I go. They saying defense back. Yeah. Welcome into the house of L podcast, our post bears Rams edition. And the defense was in effect as the bears won 15 to six. I'm guessing that was not the score that you had in your mind when they put this game on the schedule or five weeks into the season or Three weeks ago or last week, the over under for this game was 51 and a half. But the Bears defense, they came up huge. We're going to get into it. The podcast is brought to you by the fine folks over at the Chicago Wolves. December 29th, the Wolves have superhero night. I am going to go. And if you're interested, I have tickets that you can go with me. Like, I'm not going to pick you up but I will tell you that the wolves have free parking brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Kia dealers. So if you're interested in going, hit me up, email me at house of at gmail.com. And I'll pick a winner from the people who are saying that they're interested to go. Now, if you can't go on December 29th, I don't want you to say, Oh, I want to go. And then you take away that opportunity from somebody else. But I'm going, and I want to take a couple of listeners from House of L with me. And the Wolves were nice enough to give me tickets to do so. So, done deal. Let's talk about this game. The last time I can remember a high-powered offense looking like that at Soldier Field was that game that the Bears played against the Atlanta Falcons when Michael Vick was the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Th- that was the game where Kyle Lorton started Rex Grossman came in. Everyone went crazy because Rex was like healthy enough to play again. And then like his first throw was an interception, but they ended up winning the game. But what I remember most about that game was how, when the, the Falcons were on offense, the offensive linemen stayed on the field and the specialists, including Vic, would come to the sideline. And they'd be in these jackets until they had made the play call. Then they'd sprint out there. They'd tell the lineman what the play was. They'd run an unsuccessful play. Brian Erlacher would jump over people and run down Vic and all that stuff. That's what the Rams reminded me of Sunday night. They just looked like, can we not do this? Now I don't know if in their heart of hearts they feel like the cold affected them. It was probably more the Bears' defense, but Jared Goff never looked like he had a good grip on the ball. And when it's a little colder, the ball is a little slick. Like usually they scrub those things, they scrub those things down to to make it so they're easier to grip. But he just looked like I. I would like to go home now. And there was never a point in the game where he didn't look like that. There was never a point where he's like, oh, well, he's catching a rhythm now. And he'll get into this game from the start of the game until the game ended. It was like Jared Goff wanted to be anywhere else than Soldier Field on Sunday night. And I know the Bears played some, some mind games, too. Some of it, I think, is a little bit of dirty pool. Like the air raid siren thing. I don't like that. Uh, if you want to mess with them with like putting the temperature up, which the bears did. Okay. I I thought the air, the air raid siren was a little bush league mainly because soldier field. They, they know how to get loud and when to get loud. What soldier field crowds don't know how to do is to get quiet. Cutler used to complain about that all the time, but they know how to get loud on second and third down and passing situations or in fourth down in particular, I don't think they they need any of the extra theatrics to go along with it. I think the the crowd was was lathered up and ready to go. But this defense made plays and the safety was to me, it felt like, oh, as weird as it sounds, it felt like oh, this game's over at eight to six. But it felt that way because the Rams. The Rams just never looked like a threat, which is crazy that that offense never once really looked like a threat. Even with the short field, they get the interception off of Trubisky, as we'll get to later. And the Bears defense is able to stop them and, and force three. But they, they were, there was never once a threat. I was thinking about this as we were doing the football after show over at NBC Sports Chicago. If I were doing sports talk radio in Los Angeles, man, would they get it tomorrow? If I was on Zam Pillow Station, he's the, the, running that ESPN stations at 710 out in L.A., the Rams would get it tomorrow. How do you come out in a game and play that poorly? And you know what my biggest thing would be if I were doing sports radio in, in Los Angeles? Where's Todd Gurley? You have a weapon like that, and you just choose not to use them. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, they'll tell you, we target Todd seven times. You did, but you only ran him 11 times. And your offense is a lot of play action. So what you do with? I'd be furious, but let's talk about the Bears because I don't do sports talk radio in L.A. Yet. Dun, dun, dun. Let's talk about the Bears run game. We've been waiting all season for the Bears to consistently run the ball. What I loved about what they did on Sunday night was that they saw that the run was working and they stuck with it. Now, some of that, was necessitated by how bad the quarterback was. And you saw they had well that that late third and eight, third and nine. And Nagy was like, no, no, no. We're 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 just gonna run it and punt. That's what we're gonna do. Cause our quarterback is not here with us right now. We're not gonna do that. Here it is right here, third and nine from the forty seven. When have you known the Bears to not be aggressive? 39 from the the 47. Cohen off right tackle for three yards. There you go. And let's just punt this ball away. Because the defense is making Jared Goff uncomfortable. Here we were talking about Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue and them collapsing the middle on Trubisky, which they did a little bit. And it turns out that it was Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman that was doing it to Jared Goff. And... He looked hella. Can, am, I allowed, am I too old to say hella or am I too young to say hella uncomfortable? There's no Halle berries tonight. There was just, you're going you gonna to get this work. You're going to see a whole lot of Akeem Hicks. Khalil Max going to sack you and make you fumble because that's what he does. And now he's got double digit sacks on the season for Khalil Mack and the defense just played lights out. You throw the ball up guys are making plays on it. They're intercepting folks. It's just, it was really fun to watch As weird as it sounds. There've been a couple of games this, this week where you saw the defense make plays and you were excited about the defense making plays. And this was one of them. I had a blast watching this game. Even with the poor, like, you probably didn't have a more poorly quarterback game in the NFL this week than this one. Both the quarterbacks were trash. But the defenses played well. The Rams defense played way better than anyone expected them to play. But the Bears defense was just piling up. Interceptions, four of them. Amukamara, Roquan, Fuller, and Eddie Jackson with interceptions. Sacks for Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and Eddie Goldman. Safety in there. And they just made Jared Goff, they made that offense look like, so like nonchalant. And I know that that's some of what the Rams do. They do this thing where, They're going up like, oh, we're doing tempo. They go up to the line of scrimmage. They have you in a stance for 13, 14, 15 seconds. It's uncomfortable. Defensive players don't like it. They've got you off guard. Then they go down the field on you and they score. There was a ton of that, and they looked unprepared. They looked like a team that had a bad week of practice. You know how we always talk about, oh, we had a great week of practice? The Rams look like a team Looked at a, had a bad week of practice. Sean McVay was very complimentary to Vic Fangio and he should have been because Vic Fangio had his number and dialed it repeatedly. But his team looked out of sorts. Goff's not getting the play. And I think some of that has to do with the crowd. He's not hearing the place. He doesn't know what to call when he doesn't know what the play is. They're burning timeouts in terrible situations that end up changing the way the end of the game goes. But they were doing that in the first half as well. It was, it was the Bears manhandled the Rams. Defensively, they straight up manhandled them. Khalil Mack is just out there, just being a menace. Akeem Hicks is. He deserves so much credit. We we do gush about Khalil, and I, I'm not say, even saying it right. Khalil Mack. He said that this week that his name is pronounced Khalil, which again goes into my whole thing that he might be of Krypton. But whatever. We spend so much time talking about Khalil Mack that we don't spend, an, we we probably glance over or gloss over what Akeem Hicks has done. He's been doing, I mean, that's why he got the big contract from the bears and he deserved every dollar of it. But then a dude comes in and he gives a hundred million more dollars than you get. But the defense balled out. They, the Rams offense looked inept. This Sean McVay, this is the hottest coaching mind in the NFL. This is Jared Goff Looked like the quarterback I saw two years ago playing for Jeff Fisher. When I was like, does this guy even belong in the NFL? He was making, oh, my God, throws. Now, the one throw where the lineman steps on his foot, like, I can't I can't beat him up too much for that, although pocket awareness. But the other throws are like, what are you doing? He's not on the same page with receivers. He's expecting receivers to sit down on routes while they're continuing to run their routes. It was just a bad performance overall. Now, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. Like, the Bears are still two games behind them when it comes to getting a, a, a buy, But, and I do think that if you get the Rams in a more comfortable environment, a.k.a. their own, where it isn't frigid, and I thought it would be a game that would be all right for them because it wasn't like it was windy. It was just a little bit cold. And I don't think that they were prepared for it. And I heard that they had come here a day early, and but I don't think that they were ready for it. They sure didn't play like it. And again, where Todd Gurley at? I know there are some fantasy owners tonight that were like, where Todd Gurley at? Shall we talk about the Bears offense and the quarterback? Do you want to do that? All right, I'll, I'll get to that after telling you that the podcast is being brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. ChicagoWolves.com, you should also follow them on social media. Chicago underscore wolves on Twitter. Superhero Night, December 29th. I'm going. If you want to go, hit me up. I'll choose someone to go and send you the tickets. But don't take the tickets if you don't need the tickets. Parking is free. By the way, shout out to Bill Burr. If you want to go to the game or any game, ChicagoWolves.com. The parking is being taken care of uh, by the Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Kia dealers. Let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Bad, 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 as Jimmy Pearsall would say. I'm not sure what to. All of a sudden, that passer rating's coming way down. I was looking at Mitchell's numbers. And his passer ratings remind me of Rex Grossman in 2006. Now, before you get all upset, I'm not saying that Mitch is Rex. All I'm saying, by the way, Rex did play in the league for 10 years. Um, All I'm saying is that it reminds me of that. There are these high highs, and then there's some, mm, like, remember, well, maybe you don't. You might be too young. You may not even been watching. I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but I do appreciate you listening. In September of 2006, Rex Grossman was the NFC player of the month. Yeah. And it's like that where with Mitchell, you have these games where like his pass rate is like 140. And then you look at this game and the Buffalo game. And even though they were in it, the new England game and the Miami game and, You look at in the Arizona game and you go, oh, there's still some bad in there. This was bad. He was locked on to guys immediately after the ball was snapped. He's throwing at at guys that are more than covered and not even giving guys a chance. Like, DBs are running routes for you. He's missing high. He's missing left. Like, all the things that you didn't want to see him do in his first game back, he did. The great news is, is the Bears survived it because their defense is that damn good that they survived it. But he he really hasn't played winning football in a while. And that's a concern. I tend to believe that Mitch is excitable. And I guess that's another... That's a an, another commonality that he has with Rex Grossman because Rex was like that Rex talked about how he needed to take an Ambien before the Super Bowl because he was so fired up like Mitch is one of those dudes like he's got a he almost has like a defensive players mentality but he plays quarterback and it's weird because I think that he's fired up and I think that that's why passes are high like his footwork isn't isn't right on point where it should be. But he, he was awful, awful in the game. And I'm hoping that Nagy can go, okay, just throw it out and be like, hey, you were off for a couple weeks. But it, should, that, should that be an excuse or, I guess, a reason? Excuses, bad connotations to it. Should that be a reason? Should we look at this game and go, oh, well, Mitch, is, Mitch was off and he was rusty? I wonder because the arm angles looked a little weird. I need to side by side it, but the arm angles looked a little weird for some of the throws that he was making. Now, he's known to do that like, try a little of this, a little bit of that, do the Philip Rivers thing where you're trying to get the ball to someone by any means necessary. But it just looked bad. Like, he just, there's no other way to say it. Like, it shouldn't even be sugarcoated. He was terrible. But they did overcome it, and they overcame it with the defense. And this defense, and I joked about it earlier, and people got mad. I felt like this was a Super Bowl-level defense. That doesn't mean that they're going to play perfect all the time. They, they didn't play perfectly last week against the Giants. I mean, they let a bum quarterback, and that's what Eli Manning is. I don't care what he did against Washington. They let a bum quarterback beat him. But overall, you feel pretty... Happy with it. How weird is that, though? That in a season where we were talking about offense, 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 and offensive innovation and Matt Nagy coming in, what could this mean? And Alan Robinson being brought in and all this stuff and the miseducation of Mitchell Trubisky. Shout out to Lauren Hill. She's still late for a concert. All of this stuff. And here we are with, look at the defense getting the Bears where they need to be. The defense is what won the Detroit game. Chase Daniel played fine. He did exactly what you'd want a backup quarterback to do, but it was a defense that ended up winning you the game. They won this game too. And this was more special because Matthew Stafford is out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Jared Goff's offense has been humming along. And I know they lost Cooper Cup, and they do look a little different without Cooper Cup. But should they look that different? Should Cooper Cup make that level of difference to the way that your your offense runs? I don't think so. But the Bears defense is now what's on display. Has now been on display on the national stage of the last few weeks against Minnesota and now against the Los Angeles Rams. But I do hope that they get this fixed. If you're wondering, do you want to know what Mitchell Trubisky's statistics were? Did you even look them up? Were you like, oh, don't want to? Here they are. I'll give you both quarterbacks because it's it's bad. Trubisky, 16 attempts. I'm sorry, 30 attempts, 16 completions, 110 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. A passer rating of 33.3. The touchdown was to Bradley Sowell. Jared Goff was 20 of 44 for 180 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions, and a passer rating of 19.1. Again, someone who isn't known for throwing the football is the highest rated passer, and that's Johnny Hecker. He actually is kind of known for throwing the football. Patrick Manley called that out, too. I was going to make a point of it, but I was driving, so I couldn't tweet it. But Manley said on the score pregame show, because, you know, he's a special teams ace. He was talking about how he had been going through the tape of the special teams for the Rams. And John Fossil is the the special teams coordinator there. And he called it. He's like, yeah, he will probably run a fake with Hecker. And damn it if he wasn't right. Guy's always right. The top receiver for the Bears was Allen Robinson with 42 yards. The Bears rushed for way more yards in this game than they threw for. They ran for a total of 194 yards. You had 5.3 yards per carry for Howard, 7.7 yards per carry for Tariq Cohen, and Mitch had a couple scrambles early on, so 23. I'm sure Jordan Howard is ecstatic right now. He got those carries. He even got a a target. They gave him the ball on a couple of different types of runs where they were using wham blocks. You saw inside zone reads with him and he made the most of it had a long of 21. So that's good. You have to, you have to run the ball. These are the games where some of us that I, I guess are still considered like old head dudes that do believe in running the ball. And again, I don't, I don't believe you have to have a, 50-50 split, I just think you need to be able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. This is one of those games that we get to hang our hat on and go, see, the weather got cold, no one could throw, and the Bears decided to run the ball. If you're one of those Neanderthals like I am, here's your game that you get to always come back to when you call up the score. You get to be like, remember that game back in December of 2018 where we thought the ball was going to be thrown around for 1,700 yards and it ended up being a slugfest. And the defense won. And Jordan Howard had 100 yards. Yeah. That's it. With the win. Bears are now 9-4. and four. It's a big win. Because they could have very easily found themselves in a battle to be the number three seed with a loss. I'm not talking about the, the Vikings. Although depending on what happens on Monday Night Football, maybe. I'm talking about with the Cowboys, who are now 8-5, and five, and that's what the Bears would have been had they lost. I think the NFC playoffs are going to be really interesting. I have more faith in the, the teams that, that are in the wild card hunt, and right now, aren't we really talking about it being the two teams that are going to play on Monday Night Football? What has happened to the Carolina Panthers? Whew. Riverboat Ryan might be looking for a Riverboat job. And I don't think any of the teams in the East, like the Eagles took a hit. They're they're the team that scared me the most. And that Amari Cooper just knocked their asses out, I think. He is. got to give the devil his due. You got to give Jerry Jones credit on that one. He was looking for a difference maker at the X receiver spot, and he got one. Cooper has been a baller. Hashtag roll tide. But that was a big win for the Bears because of how well the defense of Dallas has played and how they look dangerous. I think they got a quarterback problem too, though. It might be if you ended up in a situation where those two teams met in the NFC title game, it might be a which quarterback doesn't make the most mistakes instead of makes the most plays, but it'll be fun. Like these, this next week will be fun leading up to the Packers game. Aaron Rodgers out there doing that Aaron Rodgers thing today. What was Joe Philbin doing with the challenges? Anyway, you didn't, you didn't tune in for my thoughts on the NFC or maybe you did. All I know is that the, I think the NFC playoffs are going to be really fun. And Maybe fourth would be better. We'll see who ends up being the number one seed. I don't think anyone wants to go play in New Orleans. Their comeback against Tampa Bay was pretty awesome. It was like all of a sudden the light clicked on and Drew Brees was like, oh, yeah, I'm Drew Brees. That's right. I totally forgot for like a half. But now I remember now we're going to kill you. Bears defense is super good. Quarterback still needs some work. Tariq Cohen still does awesome stuff. Jordan Howard got his 100 yards. Vic Fangio outcoached Sean McVay. What else can I add to that list? Matt Nagy came up with another creative take on goal line offenses. You know how mad we're going to be the one time that it doesn't work though, right? I wonder if he knows the one time that you try to throw to Bradley Sowell or Eddie Goldman or Eddie Jackson, and he gets picked off and taken back for 99 yards and touchdown folks are going to be furious. But for now, Willie Wonka is doing his thing. and He deserves all the credit in the world. The bears are nine and four. This team is getting ready to lock up the NFC North. This team is going to the playoffs and they have a legitimate shot to win the NFC. Real talk. As we've gone along this journey, I've been the person who's been like, okay, now you can talk about this or you can talk about that. You want to start talking Super Bowl? Go right ahead. There's no reason that they can't win. Unless the quarterback continues to regress, then that's a problem. So let's see if Mitch. Bounces back next week against Green Bay. Couldn't ask for a better situation. Although, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants to try and sneak into the wild card picture at eight seven and one. How mad would you? How mad would you be? So let's say let's say the Packers win next week against the Bears. Let's say they 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 win their last 3 games. They sneak in at 8-7 and 1 as the 6th seed and then come to Chicago on wild card weekend. You be mad and nervous. Man, did he put on a clinic. I mean, you're playing Atlanta and they're trash, but it was almost like he was calling his own game. Hmm. We'll have a new podcast up of interviews later on this week. I believe I am going to be the guest this week. I'm going to sit down with a couple of my students and allow them to interview me. That sounded, that sounded dickish. Um, they're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation, but I think they're going to lead the conversation and I'll be along for the ride. So it's going to be, I think, two more episodes before the year is over. And both of those episodes, I believe I am the guest. I mean, it is the House of Dell, and people have requested it, even though I was going to do it anyway. But thanks for listening to our football podcast. Thanks to the Chicago Wolves for their support. Glad that we could make your drive to work or your day at work talking about the Bears a little bit better, but mostly that's on them because they keep winning. It's a good thing. I'll talk to you later on this week. Thanks for the support of the podcast. Give it five stars. Write a review if you're on iTunes. We're, We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. Subscribe. It's free. You don't have to worry about it. We got great advertisers like Chicago Wolves. They're the ones helping out. So just subscribe, and it's all good, and tell a friend about the podcast. Thanks for the support of the episode with Herbie as well. I'm really happy about how that episode turned out. He was a little apprehensive about it, and I think it turned out great. And he appreciates the the awesome feedback that you're giving him. So if you heard it and you liked it, tell him that you liked it because he digs on that. All right? Talk to you next time. Peace.